what really gets my dick hard is OMG, this is like Becky, and you're listening to like Metal Up Your Podcast or something. Ugh, I just want to take a selfie. Welcome to Metal Up Your Podcast. I'm Ethan Luck. And I'm Clint Wells. And this is Revisited number eight. And this week, Clint and I are going to be diving into Cover Our World Black in Volume One, our Patreon only EP. We're going to go do a track by track and all that good stuff. Right. We're going to sort of listen to the EP together. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Ethan and I last year made a. Uh, and all Metallica covers EP, we sort of chose some deeper cuts. Yeah. Uh, Freighton's Insanity, Fixer, just to give you a little taste. We reimagined them, we, and uh, we were on tour a lot last year. And um, we sort of, in our spare time, in hotel, you were in hotel rooms in Europe. And yeah, I did a lot in hotel rooms. I, I did some in buses and, and um, green rooms and stuff. We sort of made this really cool little EP, and it's just for our patrons. It's, it's exclusive. It's a way to say thank you to them. We're doing a volume two currently, and once volume two comes out, we're going to make volume one available to the public. Yeah. But because we spent so much time on it, we're so proud of it, it turned out so well, um, and we actually had it professionally mixed and mastered, we wanted to maybe take a bonus episode uh, to, to sort of explore the EP, talk about how we made it, and let you hear some of it. And, oh, yeah. And I guess that's kind of what we're going to do, right? Yeah, it's kind of just like a, well, we're going to let the whole EP play, and we'll be, you know, basically have some commentary over it, and asking each other questions, making comments on certain parts, you know, just, again, a way for you guys to hear it who maybe aren't involved in Patreon, and just to hear me and Clint's thoughts on our own and each other's songs. And here's the deal. Like, we know that, like, there are fans of ours that are just interested in hearing us talk about Metallica, and that's fine, too. That's why this is a bonus episode. It's not a it's not a Monday morning episode. Right, yeah. So if it's not your cup of tea, navigate away, enjoy the rest of your week. Um, but if you're on the ride with us and you want to kill an hour and you want to listen to some fucking music with us, this is going to be fun. Yeah, here we go. This so is it. Yeah. We're going to start with, um, uh, we thought about the sequence, right? We sequenced it out. Yeah, yeah. We tried, tried to think about what made the most sense. And right, yeah. The sort of, um, we sort of knew what three, we decided to do three songs each, and we kind of knew what they would be. Um, and then sort of at the end of the project, the Unnamed Feeling, I sort of came upon an arrangement of it. Yeah, you kind of started that like after we had pretty much finished the EP, well, because we were getting ready to do the St. Anger episode. I was yeah. listening to it a lot, and it sort of spoke to me. And I sort of, um, my vocal range is so small, but it sort of made sense. I, I do it in the actual key of the record. Yeah. Anyway, so we kind of tagged this on at the end. It actually became the first song on the EP. Yeah. So let's dive in. Let's just burn down the whole EP. Uh, yeah. We're going to hear us chat about it. And uh, yeah, let's. So, all right. So here's the unnamed feeling. That uh, that steel sounds nice. Is that just slide guitar on that, or do you actually use? It's just a, it's a normal electric guitar with a volume pedal and a delay pedal. It totally sounds like you're playing a lap steel. It's or sort something. of a faux lap steel. It sounds awesome. Acoustics sound great too. Let me plug you into my world. Can't you help me be uncrazy? You know. St. Anger is interesting lyrically because it's very raw. Yeah. But this song to me, I would say this maybe with All Within My Hands, very deep, lotish type lyrics dealing with depression. For sure, yeah. I resonated with a lot personally. Especially this Comes Alive stuff. Comes alive and I die a little more. Comes alive. Comes alive each moment here. I die a little more. You'd be surprised how hard it was to sing how this first chorus is very low. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. That's real low. Baritone. And I have a very high tenor. Yeah. Well, it's, it, it, your version's interesting to me because if you're if you're not familiar with the unnamed feeling or especially, you know, all of St. Anger, you could play this for somebody and your arrangement with like the acoustics and the, the it's very delicate stuff, very delicate this could be something that you know someone could bring to you as a song and be like hey check out this song I'm pitching to this TV show or something I found safety in this loneliness but I cannot stand it anymore 
It's a beautiful lyric. It really is, yeah. I, I, I love this song for your range. I know that first chorus is low. Or this, the whole, all the choruses, but uh, well, it, it, the second half of this chorus ramps up. Yeah, it, it was kind of the extremes of my range. I, I feel like the, the the verses and pre-choruses are definitely like good for your range. Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, you, you'll hear it here in a second. We'll step back into the chorus. Yeah. Good bass licks. I was pretty proud of that that yeah. bass stuff. No, the, the thing I love about uh, your tracks is that everything sounds really good, really clean. I mean, obviously, both of us spent a lot of time in our home studios recording, right? But it's cool to hear what you normally do production-wise, kind of turn into a Metallica song. I I, uh, I had a fly date that night that I made the most of this recording, yeah. and I just sort of loaded it up so I could get on the plane and edit. Right, because you did most of this song at home. Right? I did it mostly HQ two. And, you know, this is a pretty exciting moment, this bridge coming out in the last chorus. Yeah. We'll listen for a second. You know, I didn't, I didn't have the benefit of a drummer, you know, so yeah. a lot of that backbeat is, you know, a, a kick and a shaker yeah. and a tambourine. Yeah. Trying to sort of, like, fill the space. But it's but it's very fitting for how you did this song, I think. It never gets huge and, like, big drums. So. Yeah, I thought it was fun. Well done. Well done. <laughs> well done, lad. Very, very nice. So track two, we had our listener write in recently and say that this is one of their favorite covers of Metallica they've ever heard, your version of Freight Ends Sanity. Man, Freight Ends was fun. I, I, uh, unlike the other two, I did most of this one at home. Here's the intro and into the verse. It's got that great Bigsby. Yeah. Those big dives that are so creepy yeah i i i really wanted to kind of get that kind of outlaw possible like tarantino kind of thing going on with it it's very tarantino well i felt like i feel like a lot of hetfield's writing lends itself to do a style like this you know and when i chose this song i sat at home for like an hour going through their discography trying to find a one chorus of metallica that i could play with these chords so take a listen There's also this great quality, just because I know you and I know that such a a punk aesthetic is very deeply ingrained in you. And there's that sort of protesty, droney character to your voice. Yeah. Am I imagining that, or is that sort of an aesthetic of like? I think you're right. Well, a lot of it. I mean, a lot of my big influences, you know, like especially on a song like this, is like Mike Ness from Metallica. Metallica. (laughs) But Mike Ness from Social Distortion, like. This could be like kind of a folk punk kind of song, you know? Let's hear the chorus again. Yeah. Old habits reappear. 
so bitchin', man. Thanks, man. This solo, dude. Check the solo out. Oh, thanks. Tell me a little bit about how your guitar tone... How are you recording these guitars? Um, dude, you're going to call me crazy. So some of these are just through an amp. It's a lot of the stuff I did late at night when my, my wife was sleeping. So that Through so, like a simulator, right? Yeah, that, that solo actually was like a pod, like a Line 6 pod. I just like soaked it in reverb. The one thing I like about that lead is that in the original song, that's not the lead. That's like the main riff going right. into the lead. Right. But I thought that would make a, a perfect lead. It's just like to, a weird callback, and yeah, like, on the yeah on the recording, it's like the. But you turned it into this kind of cool. I, I turned it into the lead. Yeah. I thought that was fun. I think. I mean, and we don't want this to be like it's all tuning our own horns, but I think. We're, no, we're awesome. I think. Um, What's interesting about the EP of those, t- there's a lot of love in the nuances. Yeah. Where it's like maybe we, it wouldn't make sense for you to do the justice version. Right. Yeah. You have to kind of do your own thing for yeah. your own voice and shit. And so I know that I, a lot of my limitations I brought to the game. Right. I mean, if you dip in here, it doesn't sound like a lot of limitations for you, yeah. but it's. It's a really nice moment. Thanks, man. I got that minor two on the end, like Stray Cat style. And that uh, one last note on that one. That's really the the main one I recorded at home. Everything else was most everything else besides vocals was in hotel rooms. Was Freight Ends one of the first ones you started, or was it, no? That was one of the last. No, no ones. the first one I started was Unforgiven Three. Right. Yeah, we'll get yeah. to that later. Wait, what you got next? Uh, now we're coming up on uh, Outlaw Torn, which is you know Ooh. I I um this is a highly beloved song by sure. the boy. even people who don't really like load and reload sort of appreciate the. The, the ending of load masterpiece it's been called and yeah um well uh, let's hear it let's do it it's like Bob Seeger love the uh i mean to interrupt your chorus I-, I love that little quick key change in the song yeah so bitchin and you did a great job in this chorus i think where it that good ambient i mean hetfield does it too especially it's on the snm version i just love that it's just a simple chorus it's just one line you know yeah it's it's sort of uh and, and it, you know he doesn't as a songwriter you're like if you're gonna make a big statement in a chorus choruses are kind of big statements usually right yeah usually want to explain that you don't want big choruses to be sort of ambiguous right yeah but I'm the outlaw tour and it's like I don't really know what it means it just the it resonates it's yeah an interesting image right um it's one of James's more vulnerable lyrics oh, definitely absolutely. connect with that it's definitely influenced by the S&M performance yeah um is the uh one of those acoustics it almost sounds like a band guitar or something well I um Two of the acoustics are t- are open tuned, yeah. and I just tuned them to trying to. When I was tracking the song, I was doing them standard. Yeah. 
And I, I was trying to land on a way to do a rolly And it was one of those situations where I don't even know what I tuned the guitar to. Right. I just sort of made it, it work. Yeah. And it, it had this rolly aesthetic. So there's two of those guys picking hard pan, and then there's a two strummies. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a nice blend of all those acoustics. There's a baritone, there's a steel, there's a piano. Nice. And I had a lot of fun with multi-tracking with this, uh, with the bridge that's about to come up. Sort yeah. Of trying to capture the Jason vibe. Yeah, on the Hear sure. me, see me. Right here. of a pink pink floyd take on the solo oh yeah it's yeah real david gilmore sounding yeah i love it it's you know it's like we've talked about it a lot but it's fun to reimagine these things even though maybe the layout of the song is very similar well obviously i had to take about eight minutes out of yeah oh no there's eight more minutes left guys just wait <laughs> no it's cool just to you know i haven't actually li- sat down and listened to these in a while so it's cool to re-listen to these and uh, they just, a lot of TLC. They sound even different now. They sound more different than they did when you first sent them to me. Nice falsetto. You know, I'm especially proud of that because... I know what it means to a lot of fans. It meant a lot to me, and it, like to kind of get inside of it. I, did, I had to lower the key. Yeah, I, I, it's a whole step lower than the way they do it, and I obviously had to take a lot out. And right, to, but I do feel like um, I was able to with my tiny vocal range. I have a small range. Yeah, me too. I was able to sort of get inside of what I felt like was emotionally resonant about it. Yeah, for and, sure. And do it, and it felt really good to sing it. I'm really proud of it. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, you should be. So. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for being proud of me. Oh, so much pride in this room right so next now. Next up, we got Sanitarium. <laughs> Man, uh, now this is an interesting take on this, right? So a, this is probably the weirdest one, right? I would say because I, I, I took what is a normally a dark ma- minor song and made it major. A quick backstory on this song. So there was a short little time where me and a couple of these guys in this local band called Hillbilly Casino, we started this little kind of honky-tonk metal cover band where we basically did metal songs but like in the style of like Johnny Cash and like the Tennessee 2. And one of them was Sanitarium. And our main goal on most of the songs, if possible, was to make them into major keys. So we did Sanitarium. Um, Iron it's Maiden cool to, was always it's cool good to flip it around like that. Like, oh, exactly, it, 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 yeah. It forces a song to sort of take on this whole new energy. Well, and what's cool about Sanitarium is the melody of the verse... And the chorus is pretty much exactly the same as Hetfield's. Hmm. Welcome to a time stand still. If you no do that, one needs no one will. If you do an E minor or G major, yeah. it, it's it's pretty much the same. I might have tweaked a couple little things, but for the most part, it works. Well, and the, sort of the harmonic information of chords, yeah. a, G, a G major and an E minor actually occupy a lot of similar notes. Exactly, yeah. So you can kind of pull that off, a C and an A minor. Yeah. Circle of Fifths type deal. So I thought it was kind of fun to make this into kind of a folk country song. Uh, I When I was tracking this, I had recently got a new lap steel that has these cool benders on it, so it sounds like a pedal steel. So I threw that on all three songs. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of went for a slimmer vibe on all of them, but this one is, yeah, the more... I think it's safe to say that all of yours have a flavor. Yes. Like, they could be on a record. Sure. And all of mine kind of could be on the same record, too. My next three will be different. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, from each other, I right. think. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, let's let's get into. We'll check it out. This is one of my favorites from the EP. One, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. 
This is bitching. I mean, <laughs> it totally works, but it's also super. It's super. It's super fresh take on it. I well, mean, it just uh, to me, it sounds like if someone had never heard Metallica and you started singing this, it'd be like, "Oh, this is a really pretty song." That's what I gathered from it when I first changed it to a major key. I was like, "Man, this is pretty." But it's a little. I think it's a little more than like, "Oh, major's happy, minor's sad." I mean, that's kind of a general sure. rule that applies. I, I, think. I, I think. I think this can. But definitely, it's, it's still melancholy. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think. I think it. it you know. It definitely it's major, but it ha- it has still has that sad quality to it. But I think the melodies are very beautiful in the yeah major yeah key. yeah. It's, it is prettier. Yeah, but but it's interesting. It doesn't always work this way, and it, you know it's sort of a clever mechanism right, in songwriting yeah. to have a um, an up sounding major sounding yeah. uplifting sounding thing mixed with sort of a yeah. dark lyric. That's sort of a clever mechanism right. in songwriting. But when it works, it works. Yeah. you know. And I was I, so tempted to make the chorus minor. But then I was like, I'm just going to save that. Because I had to do the guitar harmony thing at the end. So I was like, I'll save the minor for the very end to go back to the original song. But I think it, like on this chorus, it, it works really well in major. Let's go back to the chorus for a second. So when are you doing the next Quentin Tarantino soundtrack? I hope soon. I hope soon. Yeah, so like I said before, I thought leaving the minor towards the end would be good because it's... If you, again, if you didn't know Metallica, it would just sound like, oh, here's the bridge. You right. Know? But this is where, that, that's right where I go straight but, to but, the but true that was, song. But, but, you know, like, that touches on, for me, what I think is, like, what's interesting about doing this project was that would sound too much like what they did. So part of it is, like, I don't think I could do much of what they did. Right, yeah. But part of it's like, well, what what's different than... Yeah. How can we make it a little different? I mean, I think, you know, having that train beat and stuff like that is obviously a difference. Like, that whole ending is goes into the, you know, Kirk's big solo and all that stuff. And I thought it was a good spot to end on on those harmonies. And, of course, you know, doing them kind of low and twangy like that, you know, fit the song. Um very Pulp Fiction. It's very cool. Yeah, I just I just wanted it to be kind of that spaghetti western sound, you know. And I think I think distilling it in that way and making it whether it's kind of outlawy for me, it was kind of more singer songwritery, darker. Yeah, it really made more sense to just hit the verses, hit the choruses, maybe kind of an instrumental thing, maybe. But right. Yeah. Kind of in and out, distill it. What's the hookiest and the strongest essence of yeah. the song? Well, the interesting thing about doing, uh, you know, a lot of these old school songs. Is that which I, you did right? You I camped out kind of in load reload world. Yeah, I mean but, the newest one I did was Unforgiven Three, right? But um, at no point do I feel, do I feel like oh this needs the actual solo. No, like to me that's not that, what we're trying to that do. That bridge part before the solo, like on Sanitarium, 
to me, like in my version of the song, sounds like a better outro than it does another part. Right. You know? um, that's why I kind of chose to do that. Well, so now it was interesting. Like, so I'm having the same experience hearing it. Believe it or not, Ethan and I make a lot of music. When we get done with it, we don't listen to it very much. <laughs> True. Because <laughs> we're either on to the next thing or whatever. But, um, you know, you're making these songs like I did. Uh, but maybe a little more than me because you were in Europe a lot last year. But you're on the road, you're in hotel rooms. We're hearing tambourines, we're hearing drums, we're yeah. hearing a lot of accoutrements. Walk us through what it's like to be, you know, in the back of a bus making something sound like that. Well, we, we, we use MIDI a lot, right? Yeah, so I, I, I must confess, I didn't actually physically play drums on this. I, I didn't did, on any of mine either. Yeah, these are all programmed. So I use a, a, a program made by a company called Track. And uh, and it's an insanely helpful tool when you're tool when you're on the road in hotel rooms on buses on airplanes, to be able to create great drum tracks and you know with and they're all real samples of of drummers actually hitting the drums, to be able to create those great drum tracks without hassling with, you know, going to like I, if I was on the road I'd have to go rent a studio and find a drum kit. Well, and, these, these sample libraries are no joke. I mean, oh yeah, the, 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 someone like um, you know, uh, Matt Chamberlain, right. Will go into a studio in Nashville, like sound, like a uh, quad or ocean or whatever, yeah, like some yeah. some great room, yeah. And will hit a snare a hundred times, and they'll yep. get him hitting it soft, and you get all these velocity levels, yeah, exactly. You get flams and ghost notes, and then you're so you're actually when you sample drums and you're building it the way we did out yeah. of necessity. Ethan is a fucking kick-ass drummer. It wasn't lack of needing someone who could play. Oh, of course, yeah. But when he's, you know, convenience. Yeah. When he's in fucking Germany on tour, he doesn't have his drum kit, obviously, in his butt. Right, it's he, not in my butt. Where he normally carries it. It is right now, but it's it wasn't then. But to, to have sample libraries that are no joke, it's yeah. not like some like keyboard synthesizer that's like an, a facsimile of a snare hit. It's, mm-hmm, yeah. it's actual drummers hitting snares. Well, and, and what's cool about that, uh, the, the program drums I use on Sanitarium, I have a whole slew of drum kits that I've purchased uh, through TuneTrack. Right. You have a whole sample library. Yeah, as a they're bunch. Called. Yeah. And, and the way they sell them are, is different like genres. Like, so that drum kit, the brushes one, is actually called the Nashville kit. And they d- did all the samples at Sound Kitchen. Mm. Oh, cool. So, so yeah, that, uh, that was kind of fun, but yeah, it's just a helpful tool when you're on the road, like making demos or in this case, you know, Clint and I kind of were t- originally talking about the idea for this while we were both on tour. So, I mean, and, and the first one I started on, which will be, you'll hear after Clint's next song. That was, we're already talking about your next song. I mean, I, that's why I said your, after yours. Your I know song. it's all about me. Okay. Listen, you have more songs than I do on here. Okay. Give me a, another minute, <laughs> but you know, it's, uh, you know, sanitarium, like I programmed all the drums in a hotel room in, where was I? I was in the U.S. Uh, I want to say I was in Florida. It was a hotel room next uh, It was down a hotel room in house. Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to go home. <laughs> no, I remember one night I was just, uh, actually I remember it was Okeechobee, Florida for the festival down there. Wow. Never been there. Yeah. And Amazingly. I either. Yeah. Uh, it was miserable. It was bad weather and all this stuff. But um, yeah, I, I spent the night, my night off, I, I just sat there and I... I programmed the drums, I programmed the bass and like the tambourine and kind of laid out the whole song. Right. You kind of arranged it. Yeah. And then I put, Which, I, that's a good way to do it. Yeah. And then I, and then I would, and I had like a, my pod with me or whatever. And I, I would, I would put some guitar tracks down and, and really the only thing I would keep once I got home from tour is the drum tracks. Then I'd start to go through. So I programmed the bass, but then I got home, I'd record real bass. Right. Same thing with guitar and all that stuff. And I do a scratch kinda, vocal. I mean, it'd be like and, building a house. You sort of set a foundation. You build a framework. That you those kinda, are my blueprints. Then you, right. Your schematics, if you will. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you, yeah, it really is kind of like that. You yeah. know, like so much of music, especially it's really weird to grow up loving it and be sort of saved by it, as you and I have talked about. And then you, you sort of grow up and now we we do it and we, we engineer it ourselves. Right, yeah. And um, it's a weird, um, you sort of seen behind the curtain, you, the Oz and all oh, that. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. It's still magical, but it also is very tactile. Like, yeah, you, you, you built it, you saw what it was, you arranged it, and then you kind of came home and made it great. You filled in everything and made yeah, it yeah. as real as you could and put a good vocal on it. And now we kind of have this cool document of it. Yeah, the only the only thing I, uh, it's not even a, a regret, is my original plan was to have my friend Hannah do a bunch of female harmonies on it. Right. But it was just kind of getting down to the wire where me and Clint wanted to get this thing out to the our only, patrons. So. The actually leading into Low Man's Lyric, which is the next track, the only guest on the whole record is... A very good friend of mine. He, he's in the country band with me. One of my oldest friends in Nashville, a guy named Mark Evitz. Okay. Amazing string composer and a producer, and he's a sweet friend of mine. He actually, I, we couldn't find a hurdy gurdy player. Imagine that. Weird. 
Yours was, your, yours was in the shop. And I, yeah, was, the 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 hurdy part of it was getting worked on. Yeah, I figured, yeah. The gurdy, the gurdy's fine. Yeah, the gurdy's. Hur- you fully, always break the hurdy. No, the gurdy's fully functioning. The hurdy need a little maintenance. Um, it is juxtaposed, juxtaposed interesting because "Welcome Home Sanitarium" is probably the biggest departure, right? Whereas "Low Man's Lyric" is probably the biggest homage in the sense that it's very similar to the studio recording, right? Yeah. I tried to do a version of it that was like different, very piano driven, and then at the end of the day, I just I wanted to play that vibrato guitar. I wanted all those harmonies, and I wanted that hurdy-gurdy part. So thanks to my friend Mark Evitz for kind of saving the day. And um, here's a fucking super-duper deep cut, man. This is Low Man's Very lyric. deep, yeah. One of my favorites. Let's hear it. Another low register for you, it seems like. But then it goes really high. Yeah. Love the change in that chorus. Yeah, it's cool. It's a key change, right? No, it doesn't. Well, it, it seems like at the beginning, when you go back, it, it into goes the from verse. A major to A minor. Okay, so that's a key change. So it's a that's kind of a key change still. Yeah, major to minor, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That part right there we just heard. Um, yeah, I love it. It sounds so good, man. It's and coming out of the chorus back into the verse, it doesn't sound so much like a key change. Yeah, it, it, it transitions back a little smoother, I guess. But right. I like that harshness of going into the chorus. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's an it's an emotional shift for yeah. sure, and, and that's you know sort of expert songwriting on James's part. Absolutely. You know, like yeah. I, I don't know if he sort of meat and potatoed into it, like sort of dummied into it. Right. I, I would guess not. I think it's actually compositionally smart and oh absolutely and I thought uh, our friend Nathan Thomas that mixed all these songs he's Dude, got he's, he's got that it. violin mixed so perfect to where you you could it almost sounds like a hurdy-gurdy well so the actual recording so Mark my friend Mark and I who guessed it on this he came into HQ2 he actually where you're sitting now okay with that very Neumann I'm not even but I'm not holding a violin this time so. uh, we kind of we listened to it with headphones and broke it down and he, he said you know it's a hurdy-gurdy but then there's also a couple of violins doing harmonies, but they're a little more varied. So right. we replaced the hurdy-gurdy. Um, we put the staccato shit in the choruses. and Yeah, it's odd. He it, was a trooper, and yeah. this was more a labor of love. This song was very hard to get right. Yeah. Dude, get um, this bridge up, by the way. This is awesome. I 
didn't mean to cut you off, but I, I love that bridge. No, it was it exciting. It sounds so good. It was really hard to duplicate, and you know, I I, I cut the arrangement. They actually do that bridge a second time yeah. on reload, and it's, yeah. they can pull it off. They've got they've got the large. I mean, obviously, it's Metallica. Of course, yeah. I had to. I love this last chorus. is cool for you on the end because it's like it makes your voice kind of scratchy yeah I dig it. it's for anyone who sings out there it's it's hard to really sing on pitch that low oh yeah and it was cool man uh, it, it, i felt i don't know if you felt this way with your tunes but i felt really like creatively challenged and performance challenged yeah like, i had to really kind of man james hetfield is a motherfucker it's yes. hard it's hard to do it Sanitarium was 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 probably the easiest because I'd played it so many times in the past. You already kind of cracked the code for you. Exactly, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, Unforgiven three was the toughest. I think I I ran over that vocal, God, ten times, and I go back and listen. Oh, this outro is great. Well, uh, yeah, let's check it out. It sounds so good on violin. Man, my friend Mark, my, he's my homie, dude. He killed it, dude. He did a good job. Can he play Devil Went Down to Georgia? Oh, my God. He would love that joke. He really would. <laughs> is that kind of uh, play Freebird in the violin world? Yeah, it play is. Play Devil Went Down to Georgia. It is. That is exactly equivalent. I figured. It's that <clears throat> terrible in cities. Wow. So I remember, I remember when we decided to do this project. Um, I actually remember when we first announced it was on our road trip to Detroit. Our homie Paul Moke in the back of the car. Yeah. We're fucking excited. We're going to do our AM. I think it was during our AMA episode. Yeah, yeah, on the drive, yeah. And we sort of announced, like, hey, I think we're going to, you know, we're going to record some songs, you know, it's going to be fun. And uh, so we'd already established the idea. And I think I didn't even have anything planned. I think I knew I was going to do Outlaw Torn or something. But I remember being in my bunk, however many months later, maybe a month later, in my bunk, feeling really homesick, really grumpy which is me every time I'm not home. Right. <laughs> and you sent me a like a mock up. Like you had you were you were on tour somewhere. Oh, for Unforgiven 3? Yeah. And you said uh hey man, here's kind of my you you did what we all do where you're like, "Hey, it's not done." And Sure, yeah. The vocals or whatever. You But I've done all that in one night. And that's what I'm saying. In Syracuse. That's what Syracuse. Okay, so you were in New York. I was in New York, yeah. And so but you did what we all do. You're like, it's not done. And do you, and I'm like, all right, just send I it. I get it. Send it over. Just send it. And I was laying in my bunk and I thought, I remember thinking like, holy shit, you know, we're, <laughs> this EP is going to, because I knew I was going to bring heat, but I hadn't done it yet. Right. But I, but yeah. I knew it was in me. And, you know, I, I knew you would too, but I was just like, that was my confirmation. I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, dude, I, I, yeah, it was another one of those nights where like, you know, had a great day off in Syracuse. Uh, had a, went out to dinner with my, our drum tech and just, I was just, we, I think we had like two nights off there for some reason, like before a show. But you knew you were going to do that song. Yeah. I mean, like, I, what I is knew. it, what is it about that song that, Man, I, cause, cause for you it's Unforgiven one, three, then two. One, three, two is yeah. my favorite order. Um, I think the more I dove into Death Magnetic, especially since we started doing this podcast, I mean, I've always loved the record. That song has stood out to me more so in the last couple of years than it did when it first came out. I actually agree. It, 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 it's a very special song. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I love the lyrics in the song. I love James's melodies. I, I, I think dynamically it's a cool song. And I just thought, I want to make a really like chill, vibey version of this, you know? Because the verses, you know, the verses on the original song are big and heavy, like the original Unforgiven. And the chorus goes low. And I kind of wanted to keep mine 
pretty low the whole time. Well, Unforgiven three on the record, the verses are bi- are are uh, wait. Yeah, it, the verses are big on three. Right. It looks just like the original. How could I? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Unforgiven yeah, the, two is kind of the more like two is kind of opposite. The choruses yeah. are big and the verses are, are smaller, but. Yeah, I, I just wanted it to be kind of vibe fest the whole time, like big sounding drums and cool reverb out guitars and not as uh, outlaw country sounding, just, I don't know, just kind of vibey. I just kind of, I kind of pieced together a drum kit in my programming thing I do and uh, added a bunch of reverb to it. And um, the one I sent you, I remember I, I had recorded guitars through like my pod. But you had done the vocals in like a bathroom or something. Yeah, it was like one in the morning and I was trying not to sing too loud, but but that ended up becoming kind of the blueprint for how I sang it at home once I got back and redid the vocals. Right. You were probably tra- chasing kind of what was interesting about it because when you were worried that people might hear you, there was a self-consciousness that was cool about it. It wasn't or necessarily self-conscious. It was more, it's 1 a.m. I don't want to wake anybody up and have the hotel guy come up uh, upstairs and be like, hello. Right. Like, but what's funny is that night I remember I also I knew I was it was in a corner room of the hotel, mm-hmm. so I knew I was on, and on one side of me was the elevator, and I knew I was only sharing one wall with somebody else, and most likely it was someone on our crew. And they're they're they've already choked on their own vomit. They've anyway. probably already passed out. So yeah, no one complained. I did like two or three takes that night, but uh, yeah, I'm I, I'm really happy with how this one came out. Also let's, has lap steel on it. I think Unforgiven Three is my favorite of yours. Oh thanks. Um, so let's 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 check it out. Let's get in here. How could he know this new dawn's light would change his life forever? Set sail to sea, but pulled off course by the light of golden treasure. Was he the one causing pain? With his careless dreaming Been afraid, always afraid Of the things he's feeling He could just be gone He would just sail on He'll just sail on I think the that main intro guitar that you play with the whole song is actually still that's the original one from the hotel room. Well, that's bitching, but I, I just remember hearing that chorus drop, yeah, and laying in my bunk and just smiling. I was like, <laughs> that's awesome. It's like, dude, it's so cool. It, it it feels it feels true to the source material, but it's different. Yeah. It really is. I, mean, I only changed lyric, uh, not lyrically, but uh, melody wise. I only changed a couple little melodies, very small, and a phrasing thing here and there. It just kind of fit with, with the vibe I was going for. But other than that, it's pretty much the original. Your vibe is cool, and it, you know, it, I mean, there's an element of the, the fear of sacrilege yeah. with a band like Metallica. Sure, yeah. And I, I think maybe one of the reasons I played it safe with the load, reload, saying or material sure. is like. I'm not really fucking with like, you know, the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, I did Sanitarium. It's like you know, <laughs> you, you you did Sanitarium, and then one of the most beloved deep cuts, Freight Ends. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> you probably felt like you had a little more freedom with Unforgiven Three. It's underappreciated. Yeah, underappreciated, and somewhat newer. You know, uh, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I just love it. I mean, especially this chorus. It yeah, let's just get makes back to so the happy. chorus. When it's my dad, I can't forgive. <laughs> so I took the kind of rhythm and made it a lead here. That awesome. 
people thought I was going to go forgive me like on the original I like the down chorus well they do it in the original too I mean, you got to have tremolo guitar going through that whole thing. It just calls for it. Well, it's 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 a cool character, man. I mean, it's man, it's fun, dude. You know, I we know it'd be really fun to do is if like if, if you go know, to a bouncy like a bouncy house, bouncy house, and record these songs <laughs> live live tracks. No, it'd be fun if like in one of our like uh, maybe our next anniversary party or another random Mel Your podcast party we do. It'd be fun if we got up on stage and. Play, just play these like acoustically or something or back each other up i don't know i think i would be more scared than you what i did think about doing was like when we if we do a party in new jersey or albany i did think about having you know our friends in that band reality suite. Yeah, yeah yeah i thought it'd be cool to have reality suite like play a set but then they could be our band oh and we could do like a, a lunar satan jam or two sure and then we could do uh you know like maybe some couple of the tracks EP off songs. this that'd yeah. be so fun yeah I gotta say, man, and you've heard it, but I've I've already cooked up whiskey in the jar for volume yeah, two, and yeah. I, I'm pretty fucking proud of it, dude. Well, and uh, I didn't realize at the time we never really established rules, but when Clint played it for me, I was like, oh, so Metallica covering artists isn't off limits. Interesting. Okay, that kind of opens the door a little wider because mm-hmm. I, I kind of just went straight to Metallica originals. I, you get one of those. I get one for okay. volume two. The, one of them can be can be doesn't have to be <clears throat> okay, but can be a okay. Cover. Fair enough. Fair enough. Dude, we need to get into Fixer because this is this is my favorite track you did. Thank you. I love Outlaw Torn. I love the Unnamed Feeling, but I think Fixer has got to be my favorite from you. Thank you. All right, let's check it out. Let's do it. So delicate. So dainty. Delicate, clean, cotton. The fabric of our lives. <laughs> Folgers. Doors of stuck with pins. One for each of us and our sins. So you lay us in Push your pins, they make a sample Only you can tell in time If we fall or merely stumble But tell me, can you heal what Father's done? Fix this hole in a mother's son Can you heal the broken worlds within? Can you strip away so we may start again? Can you heal what Father's done? Cut this rope and let me run Just when all seems fine and I'm pain free Jab another pen, another pen in me I mean... I gotta say... It's so cool. Nathan Thomas, who mixed it, which was your buddy, yeah. but I didn't know Nathan, and... 
This was my barometer. Like, I think this was the first thing I sent Nathan right, the Dex. Yeah. And, uh, man, I gotta say, he knocked it out of the park. He did, man. Well, and Nathan, uh, what's great about a mixing engineer is you obviously want to let them do their job and do what they do well. Well, because you, the idea is you're hiring them to be, you don't want to micromanage them, right? Like, sure. You're hiring them because they're good. But you also, you know, as a mixing engineer, I would, you know, I would like to think you, you also want to take some input. Some, you know, like usually when I send Nathan a song to mix, I'll, se- I'll send him my rough mix and be like, hey, here's the general vibe I'm going for. Now do your thing. Yeah. Just so you know, hey, yeah, I like the slapback on the vocal. I like roomy drums. It's just, again, it's like a template. Now you do Here's what my you're rough mix. At. Maybe reference that, but do your own thing. Exactly, yeah. And Nathan, I think, nailed it with all all seven of these songs. When he especially brought this bridge out. Oh, yeah. It's my favorite moment on the EP. to where like if you uncover all the Bob Rock production and all that stuff and you have like Hetfield and maybe one accompanying musician on stage just doing these songs very stripped back it really you know your versions basically remind me of something like that like you hear the power in the song and the lyrics like yeah. how, how maybe much deeper it, it actually is than when you hear the big Bob Rock production I totally agree and I, and I think that's I think that's what I've always heard yeah. in, oh, in yeah. it so when it came time to like oh well you know we want to do something cool for the patrons. Oh, well, and we were both musicians. We can do it. Right, yeah. But how is it going to be different or, or weird or interesting? I think that was like, oh, you know what? You know what song no one knows? or like It's beloved amongst diehards, which we sure. found out in our Tom Quee episode where we did our five most anticipated or underrated. yeah. Um, you know, I would love to do Where the Wild Things Are. You're doing... So we already do Whiskey, Date Never Comes. I think the Date Never Comes, I think... I'm I'm undecided if I want to do like because I'm I'm into so many different styles of music and I I love playing. Who's different gonna styles. do a Kill 'Em All tune first? I was close to doing Four Horsemen on the first one. That's a that's a that's a beast though. It's a beast, so it, it'd have to be kind of like Friends of Sanity. That's a you beast know what I'd do. really like to hear you do because I know you love this song. Okay, and it would actually be a true treat. Okay, I'd like to hear you work up something for Metal Militia. Ooh, right, like. That'd be fun and weird. It, it, I'd love to hear wow, that song okay. differently because that's okay. not one of my favorites. Interesting. How's that for a challenge? God, that's that's like that's serious homework. You know, right. what, I, you know what I do want to do since we're here. So that was the EP. Like by there the way, go. we're yeah, super proud thing, of it, yeah. and that's volume one of Cover Our Black. And we want to thank Nick McCoviak for generously offering us his artwork. Oh, man, he knocked it out of the park. I mean, that was a piece that he, he we didn't ask him to do that. He already had it, and Clint saw it and loved it and was like... Well, he wanted to do something for us, and we were sort of mulling it around, and I remember this thing he sent us kind of early on. Now, speaking of Nick Makoviak, he's also provided artwork for our new side project, Lunar Satan. <laughs> That's true. You want to play the two Lunar Satan tracks it's and kinda, talk about it, them? It's kind of your side project. Well, uh, we're going to... And I, I just kind of contributed to a, an up-and-coming song. But we're doing track three, and there's going to be ten of them. I mean, yeah. Maybe the next seven will be collaborations. I'm kind of torn. Do we go through those, or do we wait till there's five Lunar Satan tracks and do a whole deal on that? 
Let's do one lunar safe. Let's track. do one a little teaser. Let's do one track for a teaser. Which one? Uh, we rather skies or set the witch on fire again. I'll, let's do set the witch on fire. All right. Parentheses again. Will you explain it, it, what the project is? Uh, oh gosh, because I've done it a few times. It basically came out of. Uh, I th- correct me if I'm wrong. There was one of our episodes where you were talking about writing songs and stories about Satan in space. And he was cryogenically frozen by ancient Christians and yeah. modern day Satanists, I guess found him and thought him out. That's and all correct. This stuff. And at some point during the episode, you were trying to, th- we were trying to throw out band names for that idea. Oh, you named the band. I for named sure. it and I go, and 100%. I said lunar Satan and you're like, Oh, that's it. That's the one. So yeah, let's check out. Uh... <laughs> well, so, so basically what the deal is a, a, jo- a kind of a joke on the podcast turned into, you know, we should do it, you know? Right. And seems I, like most I, jokes turn into something on a podcast. Well, right, this, brother. Uh, this idea was ripe. I mean, you're, are you going to make a Hulk Hogan record? Oh, a Hulk Hogan rap record. Oh, I could do a rap record. Oh, shit. Well, let, let, let me work on... Straight out of, straight out of Compton, bro. <laughs> straight out of Venice. Straight out of Muscle Beach, brother. Well, so we've done a couple of these Lunar Satan tracks, and they're leg- it's a legitimate sort of... Um, what we're going for is a 70s Sabbath Venom type new wave of British heavy metal right. sound, a bit of Kill 'em All, bit of Death Magnetic, and then sort of um, uh, paradoxically a little bit of Tool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here's something Witch on Fire again. Let's hear it. Well, let's just go for it. Total Atlas Rise ripoff. Love it. That's kind of like Moth in the Flame. It's Moth in the Flame. Crash on two. Yeah, Lars, there, there you go. I love it, dude. It's fun watching. It was fun writing lyrics about witches and shit. I'm sure it was. <laughs> I love the dun, dun. It's like running with the devil for like one measure. It's totally Michael Anthony yeah. running with the devil for sure. The chorus is like the townsfolk yeah. saying, set her on fire. But this bridge is where it gets real. Oh, this is where it gets real cool. Real crazy. I love it. Your lead in this is so good. Well, we got this like weird time signature. Check it out. <laughs> the bell. <laughs> Dude, the fucking church bell. It's got to be there. Damn it. I mean, it's no joke. It's a Ingve. It took me. It took me many takes. I'm sure. to nail it. You use a scallop fretboard on that, bro. Unfortunately, I did not use a scalloped butternut squash strategy. Dude, when you sent me that this track when you first finished it, I did not expect that lead to come out of nowhere. I was like, oh my god. Many of my friends were like, did I, you no, play I, that? I knew you could play that. 
I knew you could play I'm that, like, but fuck. Because when you you kept describing like Tool and stuff like that, I didn't expect it to go real fast and shreddy. Well, I was expecting what we're listening to right now for the whole time. I mean, it's true. I mean, I, I don't normally play that way. It's kind of buried in my sure. And I'm not great at it. Like I had it was to really. Surprising. I, I, I didn't mean to say that. Like you can't do that. No, no. Many I, many I of you... my friends who I know respect me and love me and know what I can sure. do had similar responses. It was just I, I, I'd seen you play fast stuff with like you know all the little Instagram videos we've done. We do the end of the fade of black solo things like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying in the context of the song, everything before all that, I right. thought it was still going to be kind of halftime, and then all of a sudden it was like, just it was bitching. My favorite part. Well, whether it's the EP or the. Lunar Satan shit we're working on. It's super fun, and it, we we just sort of we've got like kind of our day gigs playing with other people and going on tour. But it was sort of a fun way to like try to give patrons something interesting. Yeah, for sure. And to you know get inside of these Metallica songs. Yeah, and I mean we're gonna we're gonna keep doing it like we already talked about. We already have some plans for songs or songs already started. And uh, yeah, I just got to kind of buckle down and. But you're you're bringing the reggae. You're bringing the Rasta flavor. I right? think I might do the day that never comes reggae style. It was actually your idea. You absolutely have to do that one. But I thought you were going to do them all. I'm thinking about doing all three of them, just straight up like reggae dub, like Please. smoke a J and you'll enjoy these. Next time you are just, I just said being smoke cru- a J. <laughs> yeah, it was like 1992. Smoke a joint with a smoke a doobie. Well, he's smoking one of those left-handed cigarettes. <laughs> it made me made him tired. Is that a marijuana? Next time you're sort of being creative and mulling around shit, right. eh, check out Metal Militia Reggae. God, reggae Metal Militia? Shit. I don't know, dude. I That'd have, be fun. I have I have another idea of doing kind of a reggae old school ska dub version of another song, but I don't want to tell you what it is yet. Dude, I have this idea. Of I doing... want to wait till it's done and then send it to you and, ha- and have you go, oh, shit. I have this idea, and hear me out. I know this is kind of fucked out. A reggae version of I Shot the Sheriff. No. Amazing, right? It's it definitely has not been done yet. No. So I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give that a shot. <laughs> uh thanks for indulging us and checking out the yeah. EP. Now the way to get the EP is to become a patron of the show. Here's the deal. Um it's five bucks a month. And what is that? Five times twelve. What is that, Ethan? Five times 60? twelve. Sixty. Seventy. Is this we really, we are true musicians in that we don't know what five times twelve is. Five times, let's just hash it out. Five times ten is fifty. 60. Yeah, I was, I was totally right. off. You were totally wrong. Dude. Seventy-two. Now sixty bucks. All right, if you want to get on the ride with us, it's five bucks a month. A cup of coffee is what two bucks. A couple cups of coffee a month, and so we're trying to make this shit cool, make it make sense. Now many people give us ten or twenty or even fifty bucks a month. Yeah, very generous. That's super amazing. A lot of people give us one. But the five bucks a month is really where I think if that adds up, I mean, we have tens of thousands of listeners. If a small percentage of you guys gave us a buck or five bucks a month, it just it elevates the whole thing. We could retire. It's nothing like that. He's joking. <laughs> it's not even close to that. We're, 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 I'm just teasing. But no, it, but, it is but, very but, helpful. There's so many expenses involved in the podcast, as we talked about before. Merchandise, hosting, well, all that stuff. And, pe- and people want us to come out to come travel and come hang out and the, or, or you know a Lunar Satan t-shirt. Like All this stuff like takes overhead. Yeah. Ethan and I are not trying to make money off the podcast. This is a three to five year project. And we want to put everything back into just making this a fucking amazing document, an amazing chapter in all of yeah. our lives for all the trues out there that are with us. Absolutely. So the Patreon is just a way to do that. And the, the, the this whole EP episode wasn't just necessarily for us to sit in my studio and congratulate Listen to ourselves. ourselves. Yeah. It was actually to show you guys that like we want to give you guys value for investing in the show. Yeah, we want to give you a good quality product to listen to. to so there's going to totally. And there's going to be a volume two, a volume three. It's only for you guys. We only release it to the public when we have volume two, the next subsequent volume. Right, so, yeah. We've talked about it. I mean, fuck, we appreciate you guys. Yeah, we love you guys, and we appreciate your ongoing support. And if you already have the EP, we hope you've enjoyed it for the last few months. And, and if you don't have it yet, get on that train. It's patreon.com slash metal up your podcast. You can find it. It's not hard to find. I would encourage you guys to go get on the ride at that level. I would, too. I'm literally encouraging you, you to are. go support okay. Metal well, Up Your Podcast. Before that happens, I'm going to bed.com. Are you a patron yet? 
Am I my own patron? Yeah. Well, a patron of us, yes. <laughs> a patron of of us? Yeah. I'm not. Well, I'm you've, a got pat- some, you've got some work to do. I'm a patron of other people. Yeah. Are you a patron of us? No. <laughs> <laughs> Clint Welsh has pledged 50 cents. That gets me 30 seconds of the unnamed feeling. Exactly, yeah. Even though it's already on your computer right now. Yeah, because I made it. Exactly. I hope to get the Unforgiven 3 with my with my patronage. Uh, maybe if you're lucky, maybe play your cards right, I'll send it to you later. No way! All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. I think that's a good place to uh, wrap this up. Hope you enjoyed this Revisited, which I haven't done in a while. Shit. We really do love you guys. Thank you so much. I love you. Peace. Adios. Advice or what would you say? Then I would say, delete that. <laughs> <laughs>